Would you pray with me? As we um, gather here in this building and around our computer screens and televisions, we trust that your Spirit is with us. I know that there are people who are at home by themselves watching this, God, but we're gathered in your name. And so we trust you that you are with us. This morning, God, empower us and strengthen us, just like that monster truck that Chris sent. So that if we're feeling tired or weary, we can continue going. And if we're feeling strong, we can bring others along with us. But God, we pray that you would use us and that you would speak to us today. It's in Jesus' name I pray and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are still in the book of Matthew at least for uh, one more week because we got to get to the second part of the story that I'm about to read to you. This is Matthew's version of Jesus' confession of, uh, of Matthew's version of Peter's confession of Jesus being the Christ. And some of the Gospels have this as the story where Jesus changes Peter's name from Caiaphas, I mean from Cephas to the rock, Peter. Listen to this story, Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 13. Now when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the human one is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he said, and what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus replied, happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no other human has shown this to you. Rather, my Father who is in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter. And I'll build my church on this rock. The gates of the underworld won't be able to stand against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Anything you fasten on earth will be fastened in heaven Anything you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anybody that he was the Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. And may God give us wisdom and courage to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. I don't know about you, but more often than not, I'm afraid that I'm with the crowds, that I'm the people who say Jesus is like John the Baptist, or Jesus is like Elijah, or Jesus is like Jeremiah, or Jesus is like one of the prophets. I mean, that's not what I confess every single Sunday in this room. I confess that Jesus is the Christ. 
When it comes time to answer the question publicly, who is Jesus, I'm quick to join myself with Peter. Claiming Peter's confession as my own, or at least making some sort of mental assent to it. And each time that I do, Stuart, I swear I mean it. I mean it. But as we all know, actions speak louder than words. And I have to admit that most of my actions, I'm afraid, do not confess Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Rather, I think most of the time I'm afraid that my actions testify that Jesus was a good man, a great man even. That he was an example to be followed, someone to be inspired by, kind of like the prophets of old. But here's the thing. I don't think I'm alone in this. I think that if we all could be honest, we could admit that there's some sort of dissent within us from what we publicly say and what we privately or sometimes even publicly do, that our confession of Jesus as the Christ is easy to make publicly, but when the rubber hits the road, it's hard to live out. The words that we say on Sunday are hard to live out the rest of the week. And it's not intentional. I don't think anybody is intentionally finding a disconnect there. I think it just happens. In fact, I suspect that most of us would like the words that we say on Sunday morning to align with the rest of our lives day in and day out in a way that actually matters to us and the world around us. So, today my sermon is a little bit different. Today I'm going to ask you to think a little deeply about your faith. And we're going to answer Jesus' question when he says, Who do you say that I am? Not just later on this morning when we make an affirmation of faith, but who do we say Jesus is with our lives, with our relationships, with our bank accounts, with our time, with our energy, with all of the rest of our lives that are actually a gift of God, who do you and I say that Jesus is? So here's the thing. I'm a, I don't want this to be a guilt-ridden sermon. I'm never a person who's trying to make people feel guilty. I don't want you to feel that way. I don't want you to turn off your computer this morning or walk out of this room this morning feeling like you've been beaten over the head with a Bible because why would you ever come back for that again? I want us to think about our lives and find hope in them because here's the honest-to-goodness truth of this passage. Listen to what Jesus says to Peter. Happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my Father who is in heaven has shown you. So even on the days when my confession lives itself out of my life, and there's 
there's alignment between what I say on Sundays and what I live on Thursdays. Even on those days, the only way that happens is because the grace of God has given me the gift of being able to live it out for those moments. So, I'll go first. I think Jesus is God's way of showing us how much God loves us and how much God loves everyone. I think that God is so big that we have a hard time connecting with God. And so God came to be like one of us, to live like one of us, in order to reveal to us just how much God feels about us. In this sense, I think that Jesus revealed God's heart. A heart that aches with all who suffer depression and who think seriously about ending their lives. A heart that is upset and angry when a young black man is shot dead for no explicable reason. A heart that is torn up and in grief at the desperate situation when violence rips a school apart. And tears the land apart that God has called holy. I think God has a heart that loves us like not only, like, uh, loves us like only an adoring parent can, and so not only wants the best for us, but is always eager to welcome us home. Remember the story of the prodigal son. But it's more than that, it's more than just God's love. I think that Jesus came to show us what is possible. And so rather than give in to the threat of disease, Jesus healed. Rather than surrender people to their demons, Jesus showed compassion. Rather than let people starve because there's not enough to go around, Jesus fed people who were hungry. Jesus refused to be satisfied or limited by the status quo, and Jesus invites us to do the same. Because of Jesus' life and death is to show us how much God loves us, then Jesus' resurrection shows us that love is way, way more powerful than hate or fear and even death. Jesus shows us, in short, that God's love wins. So there it is. It's not perfect. My confession for sure isn't perfect. I think when I wrote it and I'm looking back on it, I probably should have put more about for Maybe more about how the world is shaped today by grace. It definitely was a little too wordy as I was reading it. I was like, I think people are getting lost, but... I am a preacher. How would you confess who Jesus is? Who is Jesus for you? And what does that actually mean? Because for me, it means I need to live my life into my confession. And I need to put myself in places that encourage me 
to live that way. I need to join Bible studies more. I need to read on my own. I need to be around people who live their lives out in faith as much as I possibly can. I need to be around people who will correct me when I'm wrong and recognize the grace in that also. I need to be around people who aspire to more. But the amazing thing is, Peter makes this confession. And we'll talk at length about this next week. But Peter makes this beautiful confession that Jesus is the Christ. And we find out in the very next sentences that he didn't even understand what that meant. And the most amazing part of that whole thing is that Jesus loved him anyway. So, in our confusion, and in our certainty, we can be certain that we are wrong. When I say this is who Jesus is, Jesus is probably laughing. Saying, good try. Try again. Good try. (laughs) Try again. Maybe I get a little closer Maybe I get a lot closer, but then somehow I fall back and forget. Next week, we're going to talk about what it means when we shape Jesus to be like us. And how Jesus responds to that. But for now, know this. Your confession is enough. You don't have to have it perfect. It doesn't have to be perfectly precise. Because Jesus is about our participation in life and our doing the best we can. And then Jesus does the work of sanctification, which is taking our best efforts and making them perfect. Therefore, we can say with the founder of the United Methodist Church, John Wesley, that we are moving on to perfection by the grace of God. Sisters and brothers, this week... I hope that as we make our confession as to who Jesus is, that we'll slow down and we'll consider the words. We'll let them sink in a little so that it might be a little easier this week to live them than it was last week. So let's do that. Let's affirm our faith together and say who it is that we believe we are, God is, and who Jesus is in God. As a gathered community of disciples created by the hands of the holy, born with divine purpose and bound together by the Spirit that breathes life into all things, we affirm our commitment to the way of Jesus Christ, who is the liberator of the oppressed, the bread of heaven, God enfleshed. Let's pause there for a second. the liberator of the oppressed, the bread of heaven, God enfleshed. Let's continue. With faith, we aim to live as Christ taught us, laboring towards liberation and seeking a world free of domination and control. 
We are laboring towards liberation, seeking a world free of domination and control. We believe in God's promise to uplift the lowly and bring the powerful down from their thrones. We believe the resurrecting power of Christ cannot be overcome by evil, but persists in all collective efforts to make life flourish in the midst of destruction. Oh my gosh. Can we believe that this week? Because it seems to me that everywhere I look, there's some form of destruction, whether it's fighting about whether we should wear masks or not, or go back to school or not, or who we're going to vote for, or who we're not going to vote for, or why the whole system is flawed. We live in a world that needs hope. We profess the transforming power of love. We profess that justice is a form of love. We profess that we are still growing into the mystery of love. And in the company of the saints who go before us, we journey together by grace, seeking always to unlearn all that obstructs authentic relationship, listening for the guidance of sacred wisdom, and praying earnestly for the day the kingdom of God is born anew. Until it is so, we live in hope, for God is with us. Amen.